Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show. We are heading into week 12 of the NFL season, and it's time to start looking at the playoffs. First and foremost, How about those San Francisco 49ers looking like a very different team than they did two weeks ago against the Colt McCoy-led Arizona Cardinals? After Monday Night Football's dominating win against the Rams, they went into Jacksonville and just annihilated the Jaguars. Granted, it is the Jaguars, but at this point, San Francisco is not in a position to take any game lightly or get caught in any sort of trap game, and they did not. They did it behind the incredible play of Debo Samuel, wide receiver and now running back. He had one reception for 15 yards yesterday, but he was unbelievable on the ground and they could use him in so many different ways. Brandon Ayuk has come alive after a tough start to the season, but to his credit, he truly has risen to the occasion, answered the call, and he's been a real game changer for San Francisco in the last couple of weeks. On this week's episode, I have NFL Network's Steve Weish, and we talk a lot about those San Francisco 49ers. We preview their upcoming game against the Minnesota Vikings, a game that has tremendous implications for the playoffs and also for the confidence level of these two teams. These are both teams that have been up and down throughout the season and have both been hitting their stride, and this becomes a really important game. We talk about the fact that whoever loses isn't necessarily out of the playoff race, However, what does it do mentally to that team? We talk a lot of AFC. I put Steve on the spot and ask him for his Super Bowl predictions. I give my own. I even go so far as to give AFC and NFC championship game predictions. You guys don't want to miss it. So without further ado, the Tracy Sandler Show with guest Steve Weish. All right, Steve, at the time we're recording this, uh, week 11 is almost entirely behind us. There is a Monday night football game to play, but we are knee deep in this NFL season, the 17 game NFL season, and things are starting to get very, very interesting, especially as we look at the wild card picture, wild card picture. So I, of course, want to start by talking about the San Francisco 49ers, the resurgence, I guess, San Francisco 49ers. I realize it's Only a two-game win streak, and one of those was, of course, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. However, this does not look like the same football team that lost to Colt McCoy's Arizona Cardinals a couple weeks ago. It it really doesn't. I mean, and I I think that Rams victory really made them feel right about themselves. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. This is a different team when George Kittle is in the lineup, and he's healthy. Mm -hmm. Right? So he's been back for, what, three games now? Yes. And look at how they performed with him in the lineup. He, he just looks better. They saw offense flows better. They're running the ball better. Jimmy G has been just lights out. I mean, accuracy with his aggression, but, you know, he doesn't seem like he's playing it safe. So there seems to be a confidence building, which is why this upcoming game against the Vikings, another, you know, five and five team like the Niners, um, which is just surging. I mean, just playing really good, aggressive football that you want to be playing right now. I mean, the Niners are still close to finding their identity. The Vikings seem to have found it. Um, you know, you see some teams around the league like the Colts that are kind of in the same boat record-wise, but they seem to have found themselves. 
Uh, and so, so that's what's really cool about this time of the season. And, and I just think the Niners, if they buckle up some things on defense, um, they they've got a shot. It's just a shame that they've dug themselves. They did dig themselves in a hole early on with Arizona continuing to win, and then the Rams, of course, coming off a bye. They go to Green. They go to Green Bay. So there could be an mm-hmm. opportunity for the Niners to pick up a game. Yes, I mean, I would I would say at this point the chances of them winning the division are slim, but. You know, obviously, that's why they play the games, you know, and we'll see what happens. But you're right. They dug themselves quite a hole. And it's just pretty incredible. And you're right. You can't discount having George Kittle in the offense and healthy. But it really is incredible. They just they don't even just look like a different team than the one against Arizona. They look like a different team from the first several weeks of the season, because even their wins before the Monday night game were not exactly, you know, groundbreaking, you know, burn it, burn it down wins. I don't even know if those phrases made any sense we'll but you know what quality I'm saying. we'll throw quality quality, quality makes a lot uh, steve <laughs> knows this i've been traveling all day long back from jacksonville so excuse me if i have trouble with words but the, they were not quality wins i mean the, the game against the lions they almost lost philly they kind of got a, a little bit lucky uh, and then that bears win was against a, a not great bears team that, w- that was missing a lot of their key pieces so it's just they're a lot more fun to watch right now they've obviously been efficient on third down they're winning the turnover battle which are two things that were really plaguing them through the beginning of the season. So now, yes, they come up against the Vikings, the Vikings team who had a, a really great win yesterday against the Green Bay Packers, a win that I would argue a year or two ago, they definitely wouldn't have been able to pull off. And that's kind of cool to see. So what do you think happens on Sunday? Where What matchups are you most interested to see? Ooh, that's a great one. I mean, what Debo Samuel is doing right now is just treacherous to the NFL. I mean, the Vikings mm-hmm. don't want to see him. I don't think they've got an answer for him. So Mike Zimmer is going to get after Jimmy, mm-hmm. which is why the key the key is going to be able to run the ball a little bit, which is something that the Niners have really established the past couple of weeks. And, and mm-hmm. that's that's going to be hugely important, whether you're running it with Debo, whether you're running it with Jeff Wilson, you know, whomever. Mm-hmm. Um They've got to have some semblance of a running game that sets up the the play action passing game. So, but Zimmer's going to get after Jimmy. He's he's going to make Jimmy beat them. So, right. and and I and I think, you know, look, this is this is not the ideal matchup for the Niners defense because Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook is healthy, and the Vikings offense is a whole different team when he's healthy. He can run it, he can catch it, he can hit the big play. He's physical. And then they've got arguably the best wide receiver tandem in the NFL with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. So I would expect, you know, D'Amico Ryans and this defense to try to light up um, Kirk Cousins from time to time. They may play like deeper coverages, try to keep everything underneath. But I just think, you know, the Vikings have too many catch and run guys like a Thielen and Jefferson and Cook when they catch them, who can who can really do it in the open field. So at some point you got to you try to get to try to disrupt Kirk because he will he will turn it over. But he's been really, really good this year. So some some way, somehow, ball control on offense like they do with the Rams and just to kind of light up the quarterback, probably with interior pressure if they can get it, um, are going to be keys in this game. Is this the game where the 49ers' secondary issues really become an even bigger problem? They, they very well could. <laughs> um, but again, I mean, that's what that, that, this, is, this is why you pay you know, Nick Bosa. This is why right. you pay Eric Armstead, right? If you can, if you can get those guys to make plays, and they've been great, right? They've been great the last two games. And if they can start dialing it up, which of course comes hand in hand with the offense having points on the board and a lead, you know, then that changes things. 
Nick Bosa said after Sunday's game that he thinks that now he's starting to get the hang of it, which I imagine for an opposing offensive coordinator was maybe one of the more frightening things you could hear a person <laughs> say. I was like, my God, that's uh, somewhere there are people quaking in their boots. But I think you've hit upon it. I think those are going to be the keys this game, and I think it should be should be an excellent game. I, you know, I look at the league this year, and maybe we forget from year to year, but doesn't it feel like there's as much parity right now as there's been in a long time? You have a couple teams that are really good, and then almost everybody else is, and, and then some that are really bad, and then everybody else is kind of in the middle. Yeah, and, you know, when you say some teams that are really good, I mean, you know, we thought the Titans are really good, then they go and they get beat by, you know, Houston. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, but, but what's happening now, Tracy, is, and this, this is what happens every year. Some teams, they find their identity. Teams that started off well start to all of a sudden backtrack a little bit. And then some teams that looked real wobbly early, you know, you're like, whoa. I mean, who wants to play the Patriots or the Colts right now? I mean, nobody wants any of that action. Just like who wants to play the Niners or the Vikings right now? Mm-hmm. You know, whereas – You know, you have teams like Seattle, which typically find their footing this time of year. There's nothing under that foot to save them from falling falling from the cliff. I mean, so it's it's just who is there going to be any other teams that kind of make that move? And if so, who? I mean, that's why I think again, this Niners game against Minnesota is really huge because whoever wins, okay, that's you know that's a nice little win streak going for those for that team. And they're back on the plus side of 500 and they're feeling good about what they're doing. Not to say a loss would be devastating to either of those teams in terms of a playoff picture, but it could be a hiccup, you know, into some of the progress, you know, that, that they've made. So I think this is one of these games that's really, really, really huge um, coming up in week, God, was it week 12 12. or week 11 this week? Week week 12 12 this week. I know. My God. I'm not sure. I really am not sure how that happened. I'm still, there are things that happened in training camp that I still remember vividly and felt like it was, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So it's, it's just crazy that it is, it is week 12, but you bring up an interesting point that the, the, that a loss is not necessarily devastating to a playoff picture, but it could be devastating to the progress. And I think that's a big thing. And obviously I cover San Francisco, so that's where I am every day. But I think that's a big thing because from like the Niners perspective, you have that huge Monday night football game against the Rams. You just annihilate the Jaguars, which they should have, but there were no guarantees at this point to lose to the Vikings. Does that mentally just set them back? You know, not necessarily from a record perspective, but you know, just set them back same with the Vikings. And I wonder how much of an issue that becomes for these teams. Well, here's, here's the dynamic though with the 49ers and you know, this better than me. It's the Trey Lance dynamic. Yeah. Okay, you lose. Okay, you're you're moving another loss closer to Trey Lance taking the field sooner, mm-hmm. right? You win. Jimmy's solidifying his spot for at least a couple more weeks, or it looks like you're going to have an eye to the playoffs. Like that's that's where the dynamic is different in mm-hmm. San Francisco as opposed to Minnesota. Kirk Cousins um, is not going anywhere, right? He's mm-hmm. he's solid, but San Francisco's got that clock ticking on Jimmy's tenure there. And, and that's what makes, you know, the difference, you know, in those two teams and in San Francisco season. So speaking of Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm going to ask you a question that it's much too early to ask. And I'm really only doing it to mess with 49ers fans heads and Twitter, but let's say 
Jimmy Garoppolo has, is a great game on Sunday. Let's say he gets them into the playoffs. They win a couple of playoff games. I would have thought there was no chance of what I'm about to say before the season began. That happens. Do you think there's any chance he's back in San Francisco next year? No. No. Okay. Not unless they win a Super Bowl. Okay. Or maybe, maybe make it to the NFC Championship. I just, you know... But because here's because here's the reason why. Why would Jimmy want to stay knowing that he's going to face he's always a two or three game losing streak away from getting replaced? Right. Whereas this is going to be an upcoming offseason where there's going to be so much quarterback movement. Right. You don't know what's going to happen in Seattle and Green Bay. Those are going to be the top two with Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Are they gone? Right. Mm -hmm. Derek Carr is probably the next on that list. Are they going to keep them? Because their team, that whole organization looks like it could be going through a, a, a whole makeover. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you've got the whole Deshaun Watson thing. And if he goes here, what happens to Tua and what happens to this guy and his cam back in Carolina? So Jimmy's going to have options. Correct. Right. Jimmy might not want to come back because he's always going to be, like I said, a two or three losing streak away from getting replaced by Trey Lance. Yeah, I think that I think that makes a lot of sense. But sometimes it's just fun to mess with Twitter. Uh, but I think I think you're right. Where do you think is a good good spot for him? Where do you think he ends up? Because you just mentioned a lot of places, but about all the places that you just mentioned, what do you think makes the most sense for him? It depends his coaching. It, mm -hmm. it you know, it really does. Because I mean, an interesting conundrum. Well, I don't know. I mean, what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield in Cleveland? I mean, Jimmy mm -hmm. fits that system. Yeah. Right. What's you know, there's what's going to happen in Detroit? I mean, does anybody want to go there? I mean, I, probably not. Uh, what's going to happen in Houston? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, so. You, you know, if they're, if they, you know, Houston could make a coaching change and have a coordinator who runs something that's very Jimmy friendly, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So there, there's going to be, you know, when you look around the landscape of, of what certain teams do, you know, I think what's going on in Washington, Jimmy would be a good fit there and they've got some players there. Yeah. So you just, there's going to be so much movement, but you know, with the coaching changes, Look, you know, hopefully for Jimmy, when, when he decides, it's not going to be going to a team that's making a complete overhaul, you know, and, and rebuilding. I'd like to see Jimmy get a chance to kind of go to a system that he fits right into and can go and play. Like a team like the Raiders, yeah, they may make, a you know, a, an overhaul with the coaches, but they got some players there, right? Like they've got people yeah. where he could go there and win ball games. So, and hell, what about Seattle? Again, you don't know. That would be if, something else. If, if Russ is gone, I mean, they're running a system. Shane Waldron runs the same system as Kyle. Mm -hmm. So, again, you just you just never know. It's hard at this point to say what would be a good fit or not. The idea of him in Seattle is is kind of incredible. And there's a part of me that now that you said it really wants it to happen. Uh, I think that would be – that would just be something else. And it would also <laughs> be very – that will happen. The 49ers will play them in the NFC Championship game, and Seattle will for sure win. There's just no doubt about it if that happens. Hey, and Jimmy and Jimmy can make that highlighter green uniform look good. That dude's yeah. going to look good in any uniform. Yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> he wore a green suit yesterday. It wasn't highlighter green, but it, it was green. He'd be fine. That is that is not an area where he's, he's going to have any issues. Um, so you brought up the Colts, speaking of Jimmy and looking good in uniforms. You brought up the Colts. You brought up the Patriots. Uh, looking at the AFC, you brought up the Titans. I have a few things there. I just, of course, made a few statements, but I have a few things there. First of all, the game against the Texans, how much do we read into that game? I mean, I know it's late in the season, but how much 
of a concern from the Titans perspective is it that they lost so poorly or can they chalk it up to a bad week? Well, I mean, that's one where they just took their eye off the prize. You had one six straight. They got the Patriots next week. They just, you know, I said it on air today that to use the words of of Snoop, if you slip, then I'm slipping. You know, they got Mm -hmm. caught slipping. Mm -hmm. And the thing is now they they kind of need to, you know, get their run game back on track, which is not going to be easy against New England, right? They always play New England tough. But, you know, we know they lost Derrick Henry, so teams are doing things to say, okay, make Ryan Tannehill beat us. Okay, well, Ryan Tannehill threw four interceptions against the Texans. So mm-hmm. they're going to have to figure out some things in that passing game. And remember, we all thought that Julio Jones was going to be the guy to put them over the top. Well, we haven't uttered Julio Jones much except when we're reading it off the injury list. Yeah, I forgot so, he was even on the team. Correct. Right. So he's going to have to get healthy and, and really help out this passing game because, you know, having to face Dante Foreman and Adrian Peterson, you know, that's – defenses right now aren't quaking in their boots like they were with Derrick Henry. So that's about the only concern I, I really have with the Titans. I think they're still arguably the cream of the crop in the AFC, although Baltimore continues to find a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Patriots, the way they're playing now, running the ball, dominating defensively up front, that's a scary, scary team. And, you know, we got we got to reintroduce these people to the world, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Sorry, if that defense continues playing like that, like they did against the Cowboys, they got a real good shot at coming out of the AFC. Well, and when we spoke earlier about parity in the AFC, you have actually a lot of really good teams because you do have a Patriots team that has won five in a row for all the reasons you just mentioned. You have a Chiefs team that's certainly starting to get hot. There's the Titans, the Ravens, the Chargers, who are not charging anymore. They are really dominating on all sides of the ball. So I think the AFC becomes a really fun playoff picture to watch, and those become really fun games to look forward to. Yeah, and you didn't mention Buffalo, right? They were no, the, I did not. That was that not. was the dandy that was the dandy club for a long time, and now they've hit a patch. Mm-hmm. But that's a team that's a team that can get it going again, and so I, you you cannot count them out right now. But they and are second now in the division to the Patriots, no longer sitting on that mountaintop. They've got to be so pissed. <laughs> like, seriously? No, they, they got pissed at themselves. They got pissed at themselves for sure. Because, But still, they just can't get out of the Patriots' shadow. But you're right. It's 100% on themselves. And you know who else I did not mention was, of course, the team we all saw being this successful before the season started in those Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, we call that one, right? <laughs> yeah, everybody knew that it was, was going to happen. You know, what was what was interesting about the Bengals, and I'm glad you brought them up, is this game last week, you know, between them and the Raiders was going to be kind of a telltale because the Bengals had hit, you know, hit some wobbly times, you know, and the Raiders had a two-game winning streak coming in, and they let the Bengals come in there and just work them. Mm-hmm. And so – you know, Cincinnati with that quarterback, we don't talk about Joey Burrow enough. Joey Burrow is a stud. Mm-hmm. You know, Justin Herbert, we're, we're on the West Coast here. He gets a lot of our attention. He gets a lot of the nation's attention. But Joey Burrow is the real deal. And he has got that Troy Aikman, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady kind of killer in him that you just see every time he plays. And I am just hoping that they can build around him enough for sustained success because that dude with Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon and some of the other weapons that they have are really, really frightening. And if they get on a roll, I don't think they're going to make a deep run this year, but they've got the potential to, to, to 
hang with Baltimore and Pittsburgh year after year in that division. And it's just funny because now we're talking about Cleveland like they've gone away just because they just have not looked good or consistent at all this season, yet they have a winning record. Mm-hmm. They do. And I, I don't know what their schedule looks like in the coming weeks, but I wouldn't entirely count them out unless, of course, they continue to play. Baker's so beat play. up. Baker's so beat up. I, it would not stun me if they have to go to Case Keenum, which mm-hmm. frankly isn't the worst thing to have to go to. Got to give Case Keenum a lot of credit. He has really yep. made quite the career as the backup. Wasn't it Case Keenum with Jared Goff's rookie year? Wasn't it Case Keenum who started for the Rams? It was Case. It huh? was Case until until about week 12, 13. Then they made the move to Jared. But Case was fine. Yeah, he was. He was fine. And I think with Joey Burrow, which also can't be um, ignored, is this is a second-year player coming off a pretty terrible injury and right. still playing like a stud and like a veteran and a pro who you know, just understands how to to play the game and not play scared. And I just don't think that could be discounted because that to me just shows a little bit of that kind of star quality and, and some of like some of the other people that you mentioned before. Well maybe said. Well, thank you. I was just going to say maybe star quality isn't the right word, but. Okay. So, so on that note, no, mm-hmm. I like that. Now, on that note, then let me ask you a question. Please. Who's your comeback player of the year, Joey B or Dak? Well, so. Oh, that's a that's a tough one. Um, I also think you could put Bosa in that discussion, but I don't think he'd get it. So I would say I think it's going to depend what happens if, in these next few weeks. You know, none of the Cowboys played great last night. Uh, I think Dak, on offense, on offense, their defense held Kansas City to nineteen points. You're right. You're right. On offense, I, that is a very fair point. None of the Cowboys played well on offense last night, and I think Dak. I think Dak generally doesn't necessarily get the respect and accolades that he deserves. So I think it's a little bit more of an uphill battle for him. So ooh, that's a really tough one. Um, I'm going to give it to Dak because I'm a big Dak fan and I'd like to see him get the accolades and respect that I think he deserves. But it's going to depend on what happens in the next few weeks. Are the Cowboys going to you know, put that game behind them and then continue to play as they've been playing much of the season because they've looked at times like the best team in the NFC or are they going to Cowboy? You know, we use the word chargering a lot. Are they going to cowboy? I think it depends on that. But um, if they continue to play how they have been, then I'm going to go with Dak. I'm going to go with Dak as well. I, I, I think Dak's going to end up in the MVP conversation. That defense, that defense is going to be there to help him. I don't know if Joey B's got that type of supporting cast to help. So I think it's going to be Dak as well. That's who I would give it to. And I think when you look at last year, when Dak went down, what it did to the team. And so when you look at the difference between the two, to me, that's your MVP. <laughs> when, Joey, when Joey B went down, look what it did to the Bengals as well. Yeah, but the Bengals were in a different, <laughs> a different situation to begin with. But you're right. You are definitely right about that. I guess it's hard to tell. I guess we didn't know how. He went down early enough that I think it was hard to tell what it truly did, if that makes sense. Um, but but maybe I'm wrong. Either way, I'm sticking with Dak because I just I really want I want Dakota to get it. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Dak if I'm voting, which I'm not. Um, all right. So now I'm gonna ask you before I let you go a question that's super annoying, but I'm gonna ask it anyway because it's fun. Who are your Super Bowl picks? Oh come on! I told you it was annoying. At least I gave you fair warning. All right. So Super Bowl picks. Good grief. <laughs> All right. Like I wouldn't have come on if I knew this was happening. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, coming out of the AFC, we'll go AFC first. I, you know, I like the teams that are starting to gain traction. 
Ooh, I'm going to say Kansas City. Okay. Okay. I'll say Kansas City in the AFC. And NFC. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. You know what? I'm going to go with the team that's leading the NFC. I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals. I think their defense, I think their defense and abundance of playmakers are good enough to get through get get them through some tough times. I don't know why they are not generating more discussion. I mean, they that is a good football team. And I didn't think they had it in them coming into the season, but I have watched them up close a couple times and they are legit on defense. And you know, even with Colt McCoy out there playing, they look like mm-hmm. a good team. So I'm going to say Arizona. I'm calling the dark horse. Well, you may call it a dark horse, but preseason I was on a panel and it was asked, who do I think is the biggest, the 49ers' biggest threat in the NFC West? And I said the Arizona Cardinals. And there people made so much fun of me. And now I'm like, told you, because they are so solid in defense. They're so solid on offense. And when you look at them now and all the, like they've lost so many players. I mean, not necessarily for the season, but there's been no Kyler Murray the last few weeks. J.J. Watt is out. DeAndre Hopkins has been battling injury. And look at how well they are playing. So I agree with you. I am also going to go the Arizona Cardinals. I think the NFC Championship game is going to be the Cowboys and the Cardinals. I'm just going to throw that out there. I think Ooh. that that's You know, that you know it's pick. interesting because that, that game would probably be played in Phoenix. And there are probably – I mean, I'm not saying this for hyperbole. There are probably more Cowboy fans in Phoenix than there are Cardinals fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that would be an interesting stadium dynamic mm-hmm. if that happened. I would, I would, I mean, because Kyler Murray is special. We don't talk about him enough, but in part because he's been hurt the past couple of weeks. But man, he's so good. And, and, you know, he's going to be great for a long time if he could stay healthy. So that would be an interesting matchup as well. Yeah. I, I'm not, I, I'm not I like calling it. conference championship games, Tracy. You went there. I'm not going there. I'm not going to make you. It's bad enough I asked you about the Super Bowl. Uh, But I'm going to go really dark horse here on the AFC, which is funny because before the season started, my AFC pick, I did a way too early Super Bowl prediction was the Bills. Then I did a a mid-season Super Bowl prediction, and I kind of became like a Titan stan. But with all that aside, I'm now going the Chargers. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna say the Chargers because Ooh. I think that would be fun. I also think it would be somewhat funny if the home team ended up being the LA AFC team. Uh, and talk about not Ooh, having about to say, we, we both live in LA, man. Can you <laughs> imagine? So now I'm just oh. going hot takes for the fun of it. But I mean, could you imagine? And I would be so curious as to whether or not this city will rally around them. I'd say no. I honestly don't know that the city would. But I think I think they're a really fun football team, and I just love the idea of it being the Arizona Cardinals and the Chargers at SoFi in mid February. Wow that that would be that would be interesting. Well, I mean, the thing is, neither one of those teams is going anywhere. I mean, they're going to be in the mm-hmm. mix next couple of years. Yes, but at SoFi, like the people who'd be most mad are all the proprietors who are hoping that everybody's coming in from out of town. That's what happened in Tampa last year. You know, fortunately, un- which is unfortunate. COVID hit. So when the whole mm-hmm. when the home team played, I don't think their economy took as huge of a, uh, a hit for not having the tourism as LA would if you do not have two visiting teams <laughs> coming in here. It would be something Arizona, yeah. Well, but you get 
I guess you'd get people in from Phoenix. You might get more people. It's an easier flight. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. People, (laughs) people from like Green Bay and New England want to be in LA in February, Tracy. That would now that would be a great Super Bowl matchup from a TV and uh, tourism perspective. I would say I'm going to call the AFC Championship game too because why not? I went to the NFC. I'm going to say Titans Chargers, um, and then I'm just going to pick the Chargers, even though my gut tells me the Titans would win that game. But I think they're fun, and I think I'm just kind of on a Sunday night football high because we're recording this on Monday. And I think after last night's game, great I'm just, game. yeah, I'm super charged up, no pun intended or pun intended. So I think that might be part of it, but that's the direction I'm going. And Hey, you never know. That's why they play the game. That's why they play the game. That's why we watch it every week. <laughs> and it's, and that's why we love it. Uh, well, this was fun. Thank you, Steve. I think, um, I'm glad we solved football. So you guys don't even have to watch. We've told you it's going to happen. So you just tune in February 13th and see, see if we're right. Uh, but make sure to continue to listen here to the Tracy Sandler Show. Please rate, review, and follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye, all Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.